Welcome to the Notes with Friends podcast, hosted by me, Jody Moore Lewis, where I interview women artists, creatives, and entrepreneurs about little notes of life, courage, wisdom, love, and curiosity. Excited for you to join the chat. Hi from Portugal. It's actually my last day in Portugal. We're heading to Spain. I came to visit my sister. She did a yoga training out here for a month and had the most enlightening, transformative experience that she can't even put into words. And it just made me think about those moments in our lives that are that deep. You really can't translate it because it's just on a cellular level that the experience is just embedded in your soul It's more of a feeling than a word or a sentence or a paragraph. And uh, I couldn't be more proud of her. I got to meet some of her friends. Uh, They were all kind of saying farewell to each other. And they were telling me how Jess has kind of found her calling and how she was a rock star and really took on a leadership role. And um, I mean, now I'm gushing about my sister. (laughs) But that's what this is. I mean, I'm uplifting women. And why not? My sister is someone who completely inspires me. And from she's gone through so much and being the younger sister, hearing about how much of a leader she was and how much how much she really stepped into her power and her strength and owned it. You know, she, I think with younger siblings, you grow up in a shadow a lot of the times. And I think that was the case for her. Although I didn't see it that way. (laughs) I thought she was always a vivacious, uh, smart, intelligent young woman. But, you know, I'm a very energetic, loud person still am and uh I know that that was probably a lot to deal with coming into the world and having that to follow and just to hear how everyone spoke of her and knowing that she has been spending the last you know decade of her life really trying to find herself and understand herself and get more in touch with herself she has done just that. And it's a lifelong journey. And this feels like a new beginning for her. And it's just one of those stories that feels like a good reminder to us all that when we really get quiet and take the time to tap into our inner strength, our inner struggle, which in turn can become an inner strength, uh, we really get we really listen to what our soul wants and we allow ourselves to follow it and follow that curiosity and open ourselves up to an entire world i mean i know 6 years ago jess never thought she'd be in portugal studying yoga becoming a yoga teacher and the path was kind of rocky for her but here she is doing it and i'm so excited to see what's in store for her after this trip 
because I, I get her for a little bit. It's just us. We are doing a European travel and I'm really excited. We've never done something like this before, this extravagant, just us two. So it's a really, really special time. So thank you for letting me gush. Um, next order of business, vote. If you're a SAG After member, vote. Text a friend, make sure they voted uh, yes for the strike authorization. Um, you can follow, put me on self-tape. Um, Anna does such a great job giving information on the business and what's going on and really breaking it down for you. She's a really wonderful source. I admire, I admire her as an actor and a businesswoman so much. Um, I'll put that in the show notes as well as the link to vote. The deadline to vote is June 5th at five o'clock Pacific time. June 5th, 5 o'clock Pacific time. So please make sure that you vote. Follow Put Me on Self Tape. Another great resource that has really been breaking down the side of like casting and actors and what's going on in the industry is Alexis Winter with AW Casting. She's been providing a wealth. Where is my voice going? A wealth of information to actors to empower us um, for what is at stake And also what we should be fighting for, what we can continue to fight for and strive to have a stronger union and business for ourselves and to make what we love an actual career and not let it go to the wayside and become just a hobby. You know, storytelling is so, so incredibly important. We've been doing it since the dawn of time. It is the longest art form and... I I want to see that continue to have a thriving future and not let a freaking AI-generated takeover happen to human stories. Human stories. (laughs) Human stories. Okay. Um, Let's get into the episode because it's another beautiful, just rich chat. Rich, ha, Nora will love that. Nora Dale I met when I first moved out here which she gets to eventually in the chat. And she is just a stunning actress and human being and activist and um, storyteller herself. And she has gifted us with another wise reminder of life, of how to live fully within your career and outside of your career. Because it's so important what we're doing outside of our artistic endeavors, our creative endeavors, our obligations outside of all of that is more important. That's the fuel to give into when we are put at, put to work, especially as artists. And she speaks so lovingly about things that she does for herself, for her relationships. And it just really set the tone. I got to talk to her before this trip And I was just thinking, oh gosh, yes, like that is what I'm missing right now. I've been kind of grinding, burnt out a little too much. And if you read my newsletter, it's hilarious because I said I wanted to start this year off with slowness. I wanted to use, be slow. I didn't want to use the term busy and I went, go right back into those habits. And, um, it's just a lesson that I'm dealing with (laughs) constantly, but, um, There is such a lovely way that she navigates the world. And I'm so excited for you to listen 
to this, to this chat. Nora Dale is a Los Angeles native and has been in the entertainment industry for almost a decade. She has traveled the world filming commercials and fashion campaigns, all while aspiring to book her first breakout role in film or television. Nora has been featured in shows such as Yellowstone, Law and Order, Disney Discovers Talent Showcase, and Apple TV's Emmy-nominated show Severance. She has two feature films and a short film coming out this year. Let's listen to Nora. I just had scheduled a rehearsal. It's just one of those days. Mercury's in retrograde. There's so much going on. The Scorpio full moon eclipse is still in effect. Um, Yeah, it's been a chaotic last few days for me. How are you? (laughs) Same. I'm feeling everything. It's a little weighty, but but it feels like like something is going to break open in a good way. Yeah, it's the beginning of something. Um, sometimes it takes a little destruction to get some creation going. Fuck yeah. <laughs> sure. How are you? Are you feeling better? I am. I just, you know, it's like I work at Chateau and I work with the public and coworkers who all like have multiple jobs too. And so it's like being in school, like when one person gets sick, everyone gets sick. And um but I'm, I feel fine. I'm just like a little bit congested and raspy. Um, and I'm having an issue. I worked out too hard with my boyfriend. We've kind of been like working out together, which is a nice way to spend time. And, um, you know, he's an ex football player, so he is very strong. And I attempted to do some like modified squats with him and I, injured my Achilles tendon. It's not like ripped or anything. It's just very inflamed right now. So it just makes it hard, you know, like to walk around. And um, so I've kind of been limping at home. Everyone's like, are you okay? Like this is getting older. Your body doesn't bounce back quite as quickly as it used to. But, um, you know, I'm icing it. It's, It's a good time to just slow down and reflect and I took a bath last night and watched Succession and just <laughs> relaxed and had some gym time because otherwise it's really hard for me to just like sit still. I'm the same way. It's like squirrel. Like, what do I need to do? Right. Like, what can I be doing? Like, rest is difficult for me too. Um, a bath always does it for me though because you're stuck or not stuck, but like you did this thing. Enjoy it. Like. And I always get a book. I'm like, I'm going to read in the bath. And then once I'm in the bath, I'm like, my body almost knows, like, do nothing. Just lay in the bath and contemplate life or don't contemplate at all. Just like meditate. And so that felt really nice. And, you know, finding the balance, I think as actors too, it's like, there's no clock in and clock out. Like you're always on the clock. And so every moment feels like an opportunity to work on your craft or, um, 
you know, and, and even watching film and television, it, it feels like a job. Like I'm always like dissecting and trying to figure out like which actors who, and who directed it and who cast it and who wrote it. And, um, so that's kind of been my journey as of lately is just to find me time. And it's really, really hard to do, but, um, you don't like, you just, you won't believe in yourself. And that's like the secret ingredient to, I think booking work is just like knowing thyself and believing in yourself. And you got to have a relationship with yourself, which is so essential. It's really hard. Yeah, it is. And I love that. We're just like kicking this off with that the thing is like even if we had coffee you'd be saying these like really wise things you're not just saying this because we have a microphone on <laughs> like you're just a very in tune woman and 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 you know we met early on in my career but not early on with your career because you started rather young um because you grew up right outside los angeles right i did i grew up in the san gabriel valley which was really close and then my my dad lived in venice and so i was kind of like you know i LA girl like I was all over I wasn't in LA proper but like I definitely spent my teenage years in West Hollywood and just um all over the west side and I did start young but I like took a hiatus I knew I was I knew I was too young and I know a lot of people are in a rush I mean I definitely was um and I started modeling when I was like 16 and um auditioning when I was like 17 18 but I quickly found out that like you only get so long to be a kid you only get so long to just like enjoy the like you know ignorance is bliss moment of your life and I feel like I intuitively knew like this industry can be like a little bit predatory and creepy if you let it and especially I, back then right especially back then in like 2005 2004 when I moved here um to you know pursue acting I had a bad experience once uh, actually a few times and you know something clicked in me and my intuition went off and went into protection mode and was like you know just you need to like establish boundaries before you start working with adults, because even at 18, you're still a baby. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know who you are. And, you know, there's a lot of people who talk a big talk and you're just like enthusiastic. And, you know, I feel like you could be led astray and there was a lot of partying going on around me. And so I just didn't want to end up like a Lindsay Lohan. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want to party too much and sabotage anything. And so I ended up moving back um, to my hometown of West Covina and going to school and just spending time with my sisters and my mom and, and really trying to figure out who I was. And, and I almost used to look back at it as like a lost period. Like I was lost, but I was, truly, I was just figuring it out and growing up. And once I had figured it out, I was around like 25. I was like, okay, I'm going to move back. I moved back to Silver Lake and I got a job in a cafe and it, it like seemed like it was kismet. Like I immediately bonded with one of my managers there who happened to have 
an agent named Carlos who he was like, this guy sends me out more than I, I have the time to go out. Um, he would love you. And so like it worked out perfectly. And I think that's the other thing is just like trusting in the universe or God, whatever it is you believe. And knowing that like sometimes rejection and redirection is protection. And so I, I really feel like my angels were protecting me at that time because um, yeah, sure. It's like, yeah, you want to get a head start and this isn't the case for everyone. I'm sure there are child actors like Zendaya who have a great experience because they have a great team around them, protecting them. And, you know, from what I've heard, she was kind of like a homebody and she didn't really fall into the trap of like young starlet partying with all the grownups. Um, but I'm really social. And I just, I knew that about myself. I'm like this, you know, this could end bad. And so let me just be, be protective of my inner child and my younger self. And looking back, I'm glad I did that. Everything happened in like divine timing. And so it was great. That's incredible. Like, how do you feel, how do you think you found a way or had such a strong connection to your intuition? Because I think that is why so many, especially women, because when we grow up, we're taught to be a certain way, look a certain way, act a certain way, appease, please, that kind of thing. Because 100% when I look back, I'm like, thank goodness I did not move out to LA at 18, like I did college, you know, to find my footing because also being social, but also susceptible to that. Right. Like, I don't know if I would have been able personally to have trusted my intuition and understand boundaries that I would have needed for myself. Where do you think that came from? Was it from like your parents, your upbringing? Was, is it just this innate trust you've always had in yourself to have that compass? You know, I think so. I, I'm, I grew up with a single mother, you know, my dad was in my life, but I was mostly raised by a really strong, um, woman who I still to this day joke, she's very intuitive, almost borderline scary psychic. <laughs> I've always had these gut feelings, you know, whether it be about people or situations. Um, and it, it was incredibly frustrating as a teenager because she'd be like, I don't know about that person. I get a weird feeling from them. I don't want you hanging out with so-and-so, you know, their parents aren't paying attention. And I just feel like you kids are going to get into trouble. And she was always right, you know, and it's like, um, she was busy and she worked a lot, but when she was present, she was really present. And, um, I'm so grateful to her. I've taken on so many of her good qualities and, um, but again, intuition, I think is wavering. I think there, there's definitely been times in my life where I've self-betrayed, where I've, I've put my trust into other people. Um, I've questioned myself a lot, you know, it's like reps, boyfriends, friends, people will try to sway you. And, you know, I'm also at the same time, I'm strong, but I, I have two sides. I have multi-sides, multifaceted. Um, I'm a people pleaser. And so there have been times where my intuition was telling me one thing and then I had a rep telling me something else and I went against my intuition and then it blew up in my face and it was like, 
I'd have this epiphany where like, I was like, I always knew the, the answer and I didn't trust myself. And so like my intuition would quite kind of dwindle because it's like, wow, you didn't trust me. Like I'm your person. I'm, I'm you, like, how could you not trust me? And so I think it's, um, you know, I think it's a process. It's not linear. It's up and down. And, you know, I, I have a really great team of people around me right now. And we're in the process of rebuilding that trust. You know, it's like, I sometimes, um, doubt myself and hold back. And, you know, I think as actors, we, um, we're so accustomed to being coached and relying on other people to tell us the right way to do a scene or the right way to portray a character. And, you know, it's like no amount of classes can teach you what you already know within. And, you know, it's like, I think I myself didn't want to fall into the trap of playing myself, but truly what makes magic in anything you I do um, is bringing yourself, bringing your essence into the character and, you know, not wearing a mask, not acting and, um, you know, not just disappearing into a character, but also like, taking risks and not being afraid to get it wrong. Um, and so that's kind of been my process right now is just like letting go of the fear of being embarrassed, letting go of the fear of not being enough of being too old or too this or too that. And it's like, I really feel like I got into this profession because it's beyond just you know, work, it's, it's cathartic. It really has taken me on this journey of self-discovery and acceptance. And to me, that's like priceless. That's like worth every penny I've invested. It's like being in therapy, which I think also is very essential to being a good actor because, you know, you really got to like process your stuff and um, talk to a professional, you know, it's like, like I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm strong, but like there have been times where I've been influenced by other people or, you know, even envious of other people's careers. And it's like, you really have to have an outside perspective or like an objective perspective when you're in it. It's so easy to get caught up in this self doubt and, you know, insecurity and, you know, with the internet and social media, it's like people portray this lifestyle that's not real. People are internet famous or internet rich. And, you know, it's like, I've really, um, over the last few years have got to know myself by, by figuring out like what I don't want to do, what I don't stand behind and, and finding like, what are my values versus like, what are my ideals? Like, I really want to establish my own set of values separate from my mother and my manager and my, you know, peers. It's like, what matters to me? And, um, 
there's this show it's it's silly it's on Netflix but I was listening to the Mel Robbins podcast I'm obsessed with podcasts so I'm so glad you asked me to do this because I love Mel Robbins yeah she's great and um she had um this guy who whose name is slipping my mind right now but he has a show on Netflix which is called how to get rich. And it's very misleading because it makes you think, oh, he's going to like give me like, wait, does he also have a book? Yes. I is think it Jay so. Shetty. It's not Jay Shetty, but he's oh. Indian and he is very Jay Shetty esque. So on how to get rich, it's like, he's not giving you like a financial advice really. Although he is as well. He's more just asking the question, what is your idea of rich? You know, mm-hmm. what is your idea of a good life? And to some people that's owning a house, to some people that's having a really fancy car or having really expensive clothes. And, you know, it's really made me have gratitude because of course I want to own a house. Of course I want to have nice things, but like my idea of rich is just like creature comforts um peace of mind like waking up in the morning and having my breakfast in my backyard and being able to enjoy nature like the pandemic really put things into perspective to me for me especially because it's like without a job being on unemployment you know just like being home all day it's like I had to find things that brought me joy and you know that goes with my work as well like what brings you joy in your work what what projects are going to like incite this creativity and joy in you. And so it's like my idea of rich is like having an abundance of delicious food and time to cook it, having time to do spa days and go to the Korean spa and just like spend all day I still need to go to a Korean spa. I still haven't done that. Jody, you're sleeping on like Ellie's best kept secret slash not secret. I know I need to go. I need to do it. It's it's necessary, you know, because it's like, like we said about the bath, you know, it's like you, you sometimes need to force yourself to check out of work because it's like so easy to be on your phone at the spa. You're not allowed to have the phone. It has to be tucked away in your locker. So you're just like, you know, in a steam room or a sauna or in a hot tub, just like soaking, like stripped down naked with other women who are like silent. And so it's like a silent retreat and you're just, you know, at your most vulnerable and most natural state. But like, sometimes I, it's like a computer. Sometimes you need to turn things off Mm -hmm. to come back to 100%. Reboot. Yeah. Reboot that battery. (laughs) And so, you know, my ideas of rich are more about like lifestyle, you know, it's like, I don't own my house, but I live in a beautiful house that I love and I rent and I have flexibility and I can move without having to like sell. And, you know, that's one of the things he mentions is like, you don't need to own a house, like owning a house can be great, but there's all these phantom fees and, you know, it, it, like he's like I'm into traveling which I am as well and so he's like I want to I want to stay flexible flexibility is my idea of rich um and is it Ramit Ramit I think so I I'm gonna like look it up now because that's I have his book I will teach you to be rich and he is all about the rich life and I was like who is it because 
but I, yeah, him and Jay Shetty, I also follow on Instagram. So I get him confused. Right. Yeah. He talks about this rich life and it isn't, it's just like where you put your values in. And if you want to buy the coffee that you're not wasting your money, buy that $5 latte. If you love it, if it makes you feel rich on the inside. Well, and I've always felt that way about work. Like I've been such a workhorse my whole life. Like, you know, I didn't grow up with wealthy parents or anyone to like fall back on. Um, my sister was the closest thing to that. Like she was always there for me if like I needed support or like a couch to crash on. And, you know, she always bought me like school clothes in high school, but like, I really always had like two or three jobs, not even joking. And so, um, even before I, I heard him on this podcast, I always, again, intuitively knew like, I need to treat myself once in a while to make all these hours I'm putting in worth it. And so that would sometimes mean treating myself to an extravagant lunch. You know, like I was filming something in New York last year or a couple years ago. And I, I took myself out to like a really beautiful lunch in Soho and, you know, I had a cocktail and I had this like amazing Mediterranean meal and it was so nice just to be like, wow, I can do this for myself. I don't have to wait for someone to treat me or wait to go on a date or anything. Like I can treat myself. And, you know, I was by myself for months and, you know, another way I treated myself, another way I felt rich was to buy like a nice bottle of wine. No more two book Chuck from Trader Joe's, like (laughs) a $30 to $50 bottle of wine. And it's just for me. And I'm just going to enjoy this and make my eggplant Parmesan in my apartment in Greenpoint alone and just like, you know, live my best life. Um, whether anyone's watching or not. And that's the other thing. It's like, you know, I think we live in this culture where it's like, it didn't happen unless you take photos. It didn't happen unless everyone on Instagram saw it. And rich for me also means being present and like staying like so present for these precious holy moments with my dad, with my mom, with my boyfriend, Um, you know, because you may not get another chance and I feel like it's so easy to just like get trapped in your phone. I'm on my phone so much that like when I have a a chance to spend time with my mom, which is not always as often as I'd like, I really want to be a good listener. I really want to delve in deep with her and Um, you know, again, that reboots my battery too. that fills my soul with so much joy. And again, like, how can you be a good actor if you're not experiencing life? Like I, I also am such a nerd watching, um, YouTube videos of like Hollywood reporter and variety and interviews with actors. And one of my favorite, um, actors on actors interview was Viola Davis and Jennifer Lawrence. And, you know, it's like, we all have these preconceived ideas of actors and celebrities. And at the end of the day, they're just people. But, um, you know, I really let others influence my, my um, perception of Jennifer Lawrence. And after this interview, I really loved her because she said some really 
wise things on this interview. And um, one of them was like, you know, I started taking jobs just to make money, just to take jobs. And I was listening to my reps and not listening to my intuition. And everyone got sick of me. I got sick of myself. And I lost the ability to just be human and live life. Like I became so observed that I could no longer observe society and be in the public. And it was really isolating and really sad. And I had to take a break and just like, you know, ground myself because I was getting lost in this idea of what people thought I was. And I was starting to believe it. And, you know, I think we all do that where we like look to other people to be our mirror. And, you know, so I can imagine what that must have been like for her when everyone was sick of her and annoyed with her being in everything. And, you know, it's like part envy, but also part just like cancel culture. And, you know, it's like hard. People are going to criticize you and you can't have the good without the bad. And, and she just talked about how important it is to just like be present with her baby. You know, she became a new mom and, you know, those moments with uh, an infant are fleeting. They grow up so fast. And so I'm so glad my nephew who's now 25 was born before social media and phones because like I was 12 when he was born and I just have so many memories of just being there with him and, um, you know, just like watching him sleep for hours and, and that's priceless to me. Like we, like I'm forever grateful for, for that time I had with him and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to help you in your work too, to know how to be present and to not be ADD. And I'm a very ADD person. I will get distracted by, you know, binge watching shows and being on the internet. But like once in a while, I just delete Instagram completely off my phone. And I tell my friends, Hey, I'm taking a social media detox. I just need this. Like I'm having insomnia and it's like, it's literally built to be addictive. And so it's the only way I can stop myself from like picking up my phone when I can't sleep at like two in the morning. And, you know, I find that during those social media breaks, I read way more. Like I love reading and, you know, sometimes I'll, I just, I would rather spend an hour reading than an hour scrolling. And, um, you know, it's like, there are a lot of people that I know, working actors, celebrities, people who don't have social media at all. So I think it's important to remember, like, it's not everything. Yeah, it can help you to have some sort of following, but it can also hurt you depending on what you're posting, um, you know? And so just be careful. Once you put something on the internet, it's there forever. It's there. Delete it. And so it's like, you know, we all want to curate this perfect life, but like, what matters more is how you feel about yourself and your life. And, you know, again, that's, that's also with, with our work. Like once you film something, it's out there forever. And so, you know, don't, don't waste that opportunity. You got to really go for it and really 
work that camera and, you know, be present for your, for your scene partner, but like use that time to like show your best work and don't be afraid to fall on your face, fail better, fail harder. And so, you know, it's like, again, like I said, it's wavering, it's up and down. Don't be afraid to have a lull in your career. Use this time to, you know, reread acting books or take an improv class or, you know, I'm saying this while also like saying this to myself. This isn't me trying to give advice. This is me like sort of talking to myself and remembering like, I have to stay sharp. I have to stay, you know, productive, not just for my career, but for my own well-being and um, evolution as a person, as a woman. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. And like, so you have all these beautiful tools um, for yourself when you are kind of rebooting, trying to stay present, trying to stay human, filling yourself back up. When you do get a role like the one in New York, um, which I want to get, I will get into like all the specifics in a minute, but just in general, like, you know, we were just, or you were just saying how when you get to set or when you have this opportunity, use it up, fail hard, fail in the best way possible, be present for it because this is your, like your one opportunity and your one chance to be and live this and breathe this character. So what is kind of like your prep in order to do that? Because I think it's like, if you trust the work, trust what you're doing, show up and then let it all be. That right. kind Is there like um, a certain process or, or tools that you lean on as an actor so you can show up in that way when you book a role? Um, Definitely there, you know, it's like my process is a process. It's like in process of becoming a process you know it's like (laughs) like um trial and error you know I used to write a lot in a journal and kind of as the character try to like create um you know a moment before the scene that I'm coming into like what is this person's day-to-day what are their relationships like what are what are the clues in the script that the other characters are giving me about my character? Because, you know, not just the character description, but the story will inform you of who this person is. And, you know, the writer will give you clues, but you also, as an actor, it's your job to infuse this person with little nuances. And so, you know, I really try to just, as much as I want to infuse myself into it, like I want to create this other person and this other aspect of myself. And, um, you know, so recently I played this like new agey cult leader person <laughs> on Law and Order. And, um, you know, of course it's like, I'm a little bit woo woo. So it's like easy to fall into the trap of like, oh, okay, it's just me. It's it, this is who I am. So, but you know, it's not me. Like I'm not a villain. I'm not evil. We all have our dark side and we all have our shadow, but it really, um, it really helped to like explore my shadow. And I think that also, um, that also helps kind of keep my psyche. Cause I feel like my, my mental health is really kind of fragile sometimes. I mean, everyone's is when you're, when you're working, uh, very 
long jobs. Like I was working on a film a couple years ago where I was, I was filming for two or three months straight and being this, this character who was a survivor of um, sexual abuse and physical abuse and had, you know, been in this state of like fight or flight and survival mode, it started taking its toll on me. And so my process is really like, again, having a certain amount of hours that you work and then having a break because you need a break. Like I'm not, I'm not a method actor and that's not to knock that at all. But like, I think that would just destroy me mentally to like, Oh, constantly being character. But you know, reading my script hundreds of times, like it's a newspaper, not even trying to get ideas yet, just reading it so that I know it back to front, not just my parts, but like all the parts, all the lines. Um, And then once I've done that, you know, I kind of just try to live and breathe in these scenes. You know, I kind of rehearse in my hotel room or in my room and, you know, never in front of a mirror, never stagnant, just like saying it like, you know, to myself, but like, what is this person doing in this scene? You know, I recently had an audition where um, my character was chatting with a fuck buddy and, you know, it's like, what would I be doing? What would she be doing if she was really doing that? She'd probably be in comfy clothes and a comfy sweater, drinking a glass of wine you know, she was looking through a magazine. So I I had to rehearse that with all those elements in place, you know, to almost get into, I mean, to truly get into that world. And so it's like wardrobe, um, creating your set yourself best you can to make it real. It's like your, your brain will believe whatever world you create. Like, just think of it as being a kid, like, I would create these worlds for my characters or the the people I was portraying as a child to a T. Like, you know, I would have my little tea set and make a tea party and like have, you know, my whole costume in order. And so I think all of that really gets you into this like, like magical holy state where you're just like, wow, okay, now, now I'm her, now I'm this person. And, um, what are the other things this person does apart from this scene? What was she doing before? Maybe she was taking a bath. I I don't know, you know, maybe she was like frustrated and, you know, trying to get herself off and couldn't. And so she's like, (laughs) I'm going to call this guy up. And so, you know, it's like, trying to like, imagine what that must be like. I have a serious boyfriend, so, I don't know what that's like. And so, you know, I, I talk to other people. I talk to my friends about dating apps and what it's like to go on dates with these guys that they meet on the internet and, you know, try like, again, like what Jennifer Lawrence said, like immerse myself in life and, and really listen to other people's stories and kind of take from, from their stories and infuse aspects of their personality into those people. And, And, um, and again, like I said, like kind of write down aspects of my personality that I'm not so proud of. That's what I did for this cult leader person where it's like, 
you know, what are the things I'm not acknowledging about myself that could possibly also be relatable to this character that I'm playing, you know, and infuse that kind of like shame and use that as like medicine to just like let it out, not let those emotions and feelings brew in you, but just like, you know, channel that while you're working. So then you're free of the weight of all that shame and anger and sadness or whatever. And and that's what I mean by cathartic. It's like, you could really exercise some demons out of you playing some dark characters. Like my mom was so upset. She was like, I don't want you to play a villain. I don't want you to play someone evil. But I think we all have the potential to be evil. And I think we all have a light and a dark side. And, you know, it's like, the more you ignore that part of yourself, the more that part of yourself is going to self-sabotage you. And so I've named her, you know, I've named my shadow. I've tried to become friends with my unconscious. Um, I've tried to write down my dreams and pay close attention to what my inner dialogue and inner thoughts are. Um, because that really informs me that really like, you know, it's like, words are powerful. Words are prayers. And, um, you know, so again, like when you're, when you're playing these characters, when I'm playing these characters, when I'm preparing, it's like, what is her inner dialogue? What's the inner dialogue of this character? How does she feel about herself? What are the conversations she's having? And like, what are the thoughts she's having during this scene? And what are the alternate thoughts? You know, what, what could she be thinking? What is she holding back? Um, because it's not all a, about just like indicating like, you know, it's like just because there's a scene where you're angry and sad doesn't mean you want to like show everyone like you, you're probably as a human trying to hide that a little bit. Right. Yeah. We don't always want to be so vulnerable. We, we want to be strong. And so just keep that in mind that like, they're a multifaceted person. And so, you know, they're not always gonna just wear their heart on their sleeve. They're, they're probably really complicated and trying to overcome this obstacle of emotion or, you know, um, dilemma or, you know, there's always some sort of complication or, or thing they're fighting against there. Otherwise there would be no story. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, my acting teacher now, she always tells us, she was like, find your beast and make love to it. <laughs> like she's like, fuck it. Love it. Make like make friends. Like, yes. Like, cause we, cause we do, we all have it in us, in us. And I think as actors or as artists in general, if you're not willing to explore those sides of yourself, then like, what's the point? Because the world is desperate to see a mirror, to right. have something feel relatable, because not everyone wants to, to touch that part of them. And I right. understand. And that's why we also need a lot of self-care to come out of certain roles to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I did a um, Hulu Halloween short film where I end up taking this woman's baby and she dies. And it's like, I'm kind of like this like weird cult leader too. And my mom was like, why did you do that? I'm like, it wasn't me, mom. I did not do that. 
<laughs> it's no, so no. funny when, when parents like see they just can't differentiate. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like, like you're saying, like, be friends with your beast. Um, you know, I don't know how much you're into like psychology or philosophy or anything, but another YouTube thing I'm really obsessed with is watching um, YouTube videos on Carl Jung and Freud and, you know, all the great philosophers. And one of the things Jung says is like, your unconscious and your shadow is your biggest source of creativity. If you don't allow that relationship to establish somehow, like you're never, you're never going to be able to like channel that source of creativity the way you want to. And I think that's been the hardest lesson for me. It's painful. You know, it's painful Mm -hmm. to look at yourself in that way and to cry and to like really face your demons and, um, and to just admit you made mistakes and that you were wrong, but you know, it's like, we're all flawed. We're all, you know, we're all good too. And I think, um, for so long, my brain, I feel like we're all like amateur critics, you know, it's like, we used to rely on like film critics, Roger and Ebert to like, tell us what films to watch but like now with Yelp and you know Rotten Tomatoes everyone's an amateur critic and so it's (laughs) it's easy to like internalize the criticism that other people pass on to you and let it become your inner dialogue um and another thing that I have found really helpful for me at least is to retrain my brain into instead of searching for the things I don't like in a film or I don't like in a person or I don't like in myself, instead of being so hard on yourself and other people, like try to find five or 10 things you do like. And it's, you know, it's like a little practice that could then turn into a habit. Um, you know, to see the brighter side in things because like, like with anything, like, you know, even bad movies have their, their good (laughs) themes and their good actors. It's like Philip Seymour Hoffman is such a brilliant actor, but he didn't always do good films, but he was always the best in every bad film he did. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like even bad relationships or situations it's so easy to just be like, oh, fuck that person. Rem- let me remember and dwell on all the bad things they did. And that's so tragic because there were probably a lot of really beautiful moments in that relationship. And I'm going to try to remember people fondly, even if it didn't work out. And so, you know, it's like as adults, I'm sure we've all experienced romantic breakups, but there's also friendship breakups. And professional breakups with reps and it can be really hard and really traumatic and you know we can feel like bad people for letting people down but it's like again it's like no everyone was a teacher everyone taught you something about yourself or about life and 
I'm going to choose to remember the good things, you know, also be cautious. Don't be naive. Like remember the bad. So you don't go back to a bad relationship, but like, even with yourself, like it's so easy to like look in the mirror and see all your flaws, but like, what are the things you do like about yourself? What are the things that you're grateful, not only about like your appearance, but like you as a person, like, I know I'm a really fun friend. I, I'm like my friend's hype girl. Like I, (laughs) I've, I've taken like a lot of breaks from, from going out to just like reboot. And when I do see my friends, they make me feel so good. And again, people are your mirrors. And, you know, I've had friends tell me like, oh my God, I missed dancing with you. And I missed how like enthusiastic and fun you are. Like I, again, like try to fight that beast that wants to cringe and be embarrassed of myself and say, fuck it. Like I'm going to dance so goofy and just like be so like uninhibited and childlike and who gives a fuck what anyone thinks about me. And I'm just here with my friends to like have a good time. And if other people don't like it, that's their problem. They can keep that. I'm going to stay centered and stay, you know, energetically like who I am and not be a sponge and just like let everyone's energy influence me. And so it's like, I think, you know, that's, that's a quality in myself that I really appreciate and that I didn't see for a really long time because I was so focused on the negative that like, I didn't realize like, Hey, like I'm really fun. Like I'm, (laughs) I, I know how to have a good time. I'm a great host. I've had, you know, multiple parties at my house where, you know, I'm, I'm a great cook. I, you know, really care about people being comfortable and happy in my home. And, you know, I've, I still continue to have like grown up sleepovers with my girlfriends and they're, they always compliment me on how well I take care of them and make them feel comforted and cozy. And, you know, I do the same thing for myself, but like for my boyfriend, like he, he's such a workhorse too, that he forgets. He doesn't even know how to like pamper himself. He's just, it goes way over his head. So recently I took him for his first pedicure and he was like, like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. This is weird. I don't want someone touching my feet, but like just the way that fed his soul going and experiencing that together, you know, it, it really, brought him joy that like nothing else could have because it was something new and it was something different. And that's the other thing that I'm learning too, is to like dare to do something different out of your comfort zone. Like we're such, I'm such a creature of habit, but like, again, preparing for a character, like what is out of character for me to do? What is something that this character would do that I would never do? Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, how can I continue to have new and different experiences that will like create new brain cells and create new, you know, movement in my body and stretch and like just expand my horizon and, you know, talking to strangers is one of those things that I think really expands my horizons. Um, I'm always 
so pleasantly surprised by how, how kind people can be, you know, like I, I can sometimes be cynical because I've been a bartender for so long, but sometimes I take a chance on people and I'm so pleasantly surprised by how interesting and wonderful people are. And, you know, it's like, I love giving that to people, giving people a reason to smile and to feel like seen and heard and, you know, like connected because we're social creatures and it's so easy again with social media and the internet to be lonely. You know, it's like, oh, I have all my internet friends, but like, no, it's like, (laughs) you need to be in person sometimes to exchange energy or at least on FaceTime or zoom, whatever, you know, it's like, I, I really just, you know, I think working with the public too, really going out into the world and finding other ways to have fun. You know, it's like, I think coming out of my twenties, I was kind of like bored of, of being in bars. Cause I work in a bar and a restaurant. And so it's like, what are some other things I can do? How can I be a tourist in my own town? How can I do new things in LA? Um, and, you know, uh, I just, you know, like recently had a picnic in my boyfriend's front yard and it's like, he lives in an apartment. So it's not like it's like his front yard or you know, <laughs> private. Like we are just like, it's a beautiful day. It's been freezing cold and raining. It's finally sunny. Let's buy some yummy cheeses and charcuterie and just like put a blanket outside and sit in the sun and get some vitamin D. And it was the cute, like we had never had a picnic. We've been dating for a year and it was like the best idea we could have come up with. Oh, and I'm so, I'm so glad for moments like that where like, I'm like, okay, instead of just like eating at the dining room table or watching TV. Like we got outside, we, you know, experienced nature and it really fed us energetically. And as a couple made us kind of bond and have this like precious moment and memory. And, you know, it's like, I love this, uh, this animated film called um, the waking life and it explores a lot about the unconscious and the subconscious and dreams. And, um, one of, one of my favorite moments in waking life is, uh, this, I think he's like a scientist or a philosopher talking about holy moments, how like when you connect with people, there's this, like this film, like you're your own creator and director of, of your life, like make it a good one, like create, a rich life, the best life for you. Like everything, you know, is in your control. And so it's like, even when it's not like, just be present to experience whatever lesson is meant to be taught in the moment. And so it's like really hear people really, really absorb what people are, are telling you because you know, it's like, we see ourselves on camera, we see ourselves on social media, but like, really, the biggest source of information is other people. And I really, um, you know, it's, it's taken a long time. But like, 
I don't want to say I have a thick skin because I'm definitely really sensitive, but like I've had to learn how to take constructive criticism constructively. It's hard. It's hard to get redirected. It's hard to be told this isn't good. You do it again. (laughs) It's hard to, you know, be in a room full of working actors who are all brilliant and to be vulnerable. But again, we're all starting at different levels. Don't be afraid to be bad. Don't be afraid to, you know, just open yourself up and let people touch your heart. So beautiful. Have I said that already about everything you've been saying? (laughs) Well, what's really awesome is hearing all these beautiful lessons that you've incorporated and integrated into your life. Wait, can you hear me? Okay, sorry. My Siri came up and I was like, no, I don't want you. Like Alexa, shut up, Alexa. This is between Nora and I. <laughs> um, all these lessons that you've kind of integrated and have been learning and opening yourself up to. And you mentioned at the beginning, like everything happens in divine timing and how centered that you feel. I'm sure not all the time, but in everything that you're saying, you feel like it feels like you have such a rock solid center to always come back to that you can always trust. And it's like, you've been continuing to build upon that. And the past few years, your acting career has really bloomed in a beautiful way. And you're getting work that really seems like it matches your values, matches Mm -hmm. your work ethic, the people that you want to work with, um, allowing you to really be seen for who you are as an artist. Uh, I mean, how do you feel like you've been on Yellowstone, uh, Severance, you had a guest star on Law and Order recently, and then you were part of the Disney Television Discovers Talent Showcase. And this is all within what, like two years, three years? Yeah, no, it's like the pandemic really scared me because I was like, oh my God, everything's shutting down. And it turned out to be like the most successful time in my life, theatrically. Um, I'd been doing commercials and modeling for a long time, but you know, of course, that's not always the most fulfilling. I'm so grateful to every job I've ever had. I got to travel a lot, but like definitely I've had more fulfilling work in the last few years. And um, I recently did a short with my friend Anna called Retreat, which was so fun. You know, it's like I highly, highly recommend collaborating with friends and doing passion projects. It only took like a week to film and we have this beautiful short film that should be coming out shortly. Um, but you know, it's like, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm again, like, it's like not a constant it's up and down. I definitely think, you know, this is a time for me where I, I may be peaking, but it's also a time for me to really put in some hard work. You know, it's like, I, And I don't mean just in acting, but just like in myself, like working on my body, staying strong mentally and physically, getting rest, um, you know, and just staying creative. I write every day. You know, I haven't directed or produced anything or or had any of my work 
you know, filmed, but like, I would love to, and just like working on different, uh, career paths and possibilities, you know, it's like, that is something I, I see myself doing in the future. And I just have to like, take the initiative to do that. You too, Jody. like I, I see you creating and that's amazing. And, you know, I, I think there are all these people, I, I recently did an independent film, um, with a guy who reached out to me and offered me a role. And what that taught me was there are so many men out there just going for it. They're not even ready. They're not even trained. They don't even have great, you know, writing skills or directing skills. They're just going for it. And I think, you know, so many of us are so careful, like, oh my God, I'm I'm not there yet. I'm not at that level yet. You just got to do it. Just don't wait for someone to give you permission. Give yourself permission. And this film was a total shit show. <laughs> again, it's like this problem taught me a really important lesson in how, you know, <sighs> it's not always going to be smooth sailing. It's not always. And I had just finished shooting, you know, this wonderful short with my friend and she's worked on set millions of times. And so she's done peeing. She like knows what she's doing. It was such a smooth running set. And then I went into this like chaotic independent film. And that was like very male centric. It was mostly men, you know, decide. And it was just, you know, and I was like saying to myself, wow, one of these days I'm going to produce something that I've written and I'm going to direct. I don't think I want to start in it because I think you really have to try directing people before you direct yourself. Um, this guy was doing all of the above, but, <laughs> um, you know, and he was overwhelmed, but I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to hire an all women crew. There are so many men on sets. There are so many egos and I, I love men I adore men I think I'm like Sherry I think men are the coolest but I think you know women just bring a really special quality to a set um you know my friend Anna like I said who produced this short she had so many great snacks and I know this sounds like so like not the most significant thing but like everyone's hungry and tired. And so if they have some sort of snack, that's not just garbage to keep them going until it's lunch a game break. changer, changer, just buy nice snacks, just buy nice beverages and snacks and everyone's going to be good. Um, that's going to be the title of the episode. Just buy nice snacks by Nora Dale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's like, you know, these little <clears throat> that make such a difference having a quiet space to get into character, to have a break, you know, having some downtime. I did a, another independent film where they didn't provide me with a trailer or a car. And I was up in upstate New York, not walkable. It was like Albany, New York and Buffalo. It was so awful to be on a set and have nowhere to go during my downtime. And Eventually, I did get my manager to get me a trailer. Um, I was number two on the call sheet. And it was just like ridiculous that everyone else had the trailer and I didn't. But again, it was like having the courage to ask for what I needed. And 
there was a part of me that was like, oh shit, am I being perceived as a diva? Am I being difficult? Am I going to be blacklisted? There were all these scary thoughts running through my head, but I was finally like, no, fuck this. Like everyone else has amenities and are being accommodated. Why don't I deserve this? Oh, it wasn't in your contract. Okay. Well, we're in a state park in nature and it's freezing and I'm wearing this, you know, suede costume that's not providing me with the warmth I need. You need to give me somewhere to stay. Like, this is crazy. This is inhumane. And my fellow actors all kind of rallied behind me and got them to accommodate me. And it was great. But, you know, it's like you're going to face backlash. You're going to face people who make you question yourself. And, you know, in in these experiences, I'm learning what not to do to actors, how to get the best out of a crew. And an actors is not to torture them by starving them and by, you know, making them feel vulnerable and uncared for. It's to make them feel, again, like everyone wants to feel heard and seen. And, you know, it's like, I think, I think with, with all of these experiences, I, it's kept me humble. You know, it's like, I, by no means I'm like, okay, I've made it. I'm done. I can just be offered jobs. They're just going to be flowing. No, it's like, I have to keep working at it. Like there's no, there's no like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm set for life. I still have to audition. I still have to, you know, put my best work in. And, you know, I feel really grateful for where my career is headed, but like, you know, now, now is a time to decide what I will and won't do and what, projects are going to bring me joy and you know the brand that I'm curating who who is this actress Nora apart from who I am personally who do I want to represent who do I who do I want to show to the world and who do I want to protect from the world you know yeah I'd like to um touch on that too because you have such a rich history you're correct me if I'm wrong, but you're third generation Mexican and you're also mm-hmm. Native American. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, third and you- American of Mexican descent. So um, my grandparents were the first to come here. And then my mom grew up as a Chicana in East LA. And then, and then I'm, you know, third generation. And so, yeah, we're, we're American, but we're of mixed descent and multiracial and multi-ethnic. And so, you know, it, it helps me in some ways to be ethnically ambiguous, but it can also work against me, which is a whole nother thing, like race <laughs> and casting and ethnicity. It's so interesting. I, I'm sure like I recently um, had my friend, Amanda Perez on who's half Cuban and half Jewish or, or Irish, but she's Jewish too. And it's just like, she's not either enough. Like, right. and it's like, what do you do? Or not me, what do you do with her? But Hollywood's like, what do you, what do, you do with her? Because all that still matters strangely too much. 
matters too much. And it's like, I get it if you're doing like a period film. I get if you're doing a, you know, a biopic or something like, it's like, yeah, okay. Maybe you want someone who fits the character, but like, it matters to me. I definitely am very proud of my heritage and culture, but you know, one thing that has always been my like, you know, insecurity is I don't speak fluent Spanish. And a lot of casting is like, you need to fit this stereotypical description of what a Latina is or what an indigenous person is or what like, again, what are you? And that's the question I get the most out in public is like, what are you? And I'm like, what are you? Like, <laughs> have a conversation and let it flow naturally into that. Why is why is that our, um, you know, decider of like whether you're worthy of me talking to you? Is like, are you interesting enough? What do you do? You know, who do you know? Where did you go to school? All of these things. And it's like, I, I think as a person, it's like, there's so much more to me than just my culture and my background. Of course, that's important to me, but I think we're all as Americans, this like new breed of, of people, of human who are multicultural and, you know, it's like, we're so different than our parents' generation. I feel so much younger than I am, I think because of my lifestyle and my career choice. Um, people are always shocked. And, you know, it's like, even in class, I've had young actors ask me like, how old are you? Oh my God. Like, I did not think you were that age. And I'm like, get out of the mentality that like, depending on your age, you're supposed to look, look a certain way or act a certain way. Um, I love Jessica Chastain because she always says, my age is irre irrelevant. I want to be able to play any age. And I feel the same way about ethnicity. I want to be able to play any ethnicity, any gender, any age. And of course, I'm not going to be playing like a high schooler. I'm not trying to be uh, euphoria or something. But like, I definitely think all of that is becoming a little less relevant like I of course want to represent my culture and ethnicity but like again like when I'm writing and thinking of characters it's like what is the modern mixed person you know my boyfriend's half Korean and there's this very and I think this is in all ethnicities and culture there's this very like puritanical kind of you know, if you're not 100% this or that, you're a, a mutt. And no one should have to feel like that. Like, yeah. you know, even animals, my dog, my dog is a mutt and he's so beautiful and so healthy. And I think it's so wonderful to have like this mix of, of heritage and culture in me, it, you know, and, and continuing to move forward, even with my boyfriend, Scott, um, you know, in the future to like potentially have these half Korean or quarter Korean, quarter German, quarter Mexican, quarter, <laughs> you know, these mixed babies who will have 
all these cultures to draw from. I think that just makes life so much richer. You know, we recently made um, nachos the other night. I, I showed him how I made homemade nachos, frying tortilla shells and into chips. And we chopped up kimchi and put kimchi on top of the nachos. And they were just like, it was like the sounds, it was like a mouth gasm. We were both like, wow, <laughs> that sounds amazing. I need to come over next time you do that, please. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's beautiful. Like you were saying, I was literally in my mind and you said it makes my life that much richer or I, I was just going back to that, that idea of like a rich life. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, you have, you do have all this beautiful culture and stuff that you get to bring to the table. But like you said, you're still gathering and growing and expanding and transforming into all like into just, at the end of the day, you're just human. And that's what you're bringing to the table. And that's what storytelling at the end of the day is all about. It's right. human connection and triumph and heartbreak and pain and love and joy and life. And ability, like you said, it's like how we all get through our trials and tribulations together, you know? And like, I was discussing that independent film that was like a shit show and I didn't have a trailer. Um, again, the good things I got out of that were so significant. I ended up bonding with, um, an indigenous elder from Canada who taught me Blackfoot. And, you know, I had these really cathartic moments with him where I felt guilty. I was like, I don't deserve to be in this film. I'm not indigenous enough I'm only you know an eighth indigenous from my dad's side because my dad's a quarter and my grandfather was half and my grandfather grew up in the south where people were really racist in the you know 30s and 40s when he was growing up and you know he didn't grow up with his indigenous relatives he was in an orphanage and, you know, I think he spent his life trying to reconnect with his heritage. And I feel like I have kind of been an extension of that journey through my journey in acting. And it just so happened to be that I got cast as an indigenous woman, mixed indigenous woman in this film. And that was part of the reason I took the role. Um, but I gained family out of that. I'm still in contact with um, Jean Brayrock and Mark Brayrock, who were my rocks during that, that um, project, you know, they kept me safe. They spoke for me when I didn't feel strong enough to speak for myself. Um, and they made me realize you're enough. You don't have to be 80% or 100% like this idea of borders, this idea of separateness is a European concept that they brought with them. And so all up and down North and South America, we're all brothers and sisters, part of the same race, the human race. And so, you know, even though I'm Blackfoot and you're Choctaw, you're still part of our indigenous family. We're not separate even Mexican indigenous is still part of the indigenous family. And so you're 
amount of indigenous blood you have is irrelevant. Your ancestors, you know, pump through your veins and, you know, it's, it's okay to be mixed. No one's, no one's telling you that you don't deserve to be here. And if someone does, that's their business. Don't let that deter you from, from, you know, this journey of, of connecting with your culture. And, you know, it was, it was so crazy to do that film because I really felt like I was channeling some ancestors that I didn't know at all. You know, I was, I was really having to delve deep into the idea of like, what was it like for a woman in pre-Columbus America? What would it be like for this woman to be out in the elements alone. And I kind of created my own subplot. You know, I wasn't happy with the writing. I wasn't happy with where the story was going, where I was just this like damsel in distress. And I had this, you know, hero man coming to rescue me and, you know, sweep me off my feet and marry me and give me a child and a home you know, I kind of rebelled. And I think that's something to think about too, is when someone gives you a story, like, how do you make it your own? How do you make it relatable to you? And so my subplot was like, this woman's in survival mode. She's been in survival mode her whole life. She is using her divine femininity, whether it's dark or light. It was certainly dark in the moments that I was portraying this woman to kind of seduce this man and do what she has to do to stay safe. And so maybe there was, you know, a little bit of love, but a lot of, a lot of times I think women in the past shacked up with whoever they had to (laughs) to stay alive because, you know, it's like at the end of the day, like we're not physically as strong as men. We can't always just survive. Like, out in the elements we we need each other and so i needed this man to give me a child i needed this man to protect me from people who wanted to harm me and you know and that was felt by the people who screened the film i had crew members contact me and be like wow whatever you did like made the film so much more interesting it was so one dimensional when we first read the script and you you definitely brought something that was unexpected and i was so proud of trusting myself for doing that um and again it's like something bad something good came out of something really bad wow way to way to utilize your strength through your artistry and your creation the trust in yourself to be like okay this is what you give me and i'm gonna make it better I'm gonna I'm gonna do what you want. I'm gonna take these lines, but elevate it, and then adding that magic and substance to it. Like I just that's that's so that's so cool. And I feel like that's what you've kind of been trying to say this, or not trying. You have been saying this whole time, like trusting yourself, coming back to yourself, owning yourself, and who you are, um, so you can really put your strengths forward to, to whatever it is to, for your acting, your music, your writing, 
your family, your sales, your banking, whatever you do, always start with yourself first. Right. So you can bring, bring yourself, your full self there. Your authenticity. Yeah. Your authenticity. Right. Yeah. And just, you know, um, I always say this too, and this, this sounds kind of like cynical in a way, but like, yeah, I, I just explained how these men had my back and I was so grateful to them, but also like do it for yourself, you know, do look out for yourself when no one else is looking out for you. Like do not self-betray. Don't just fall into the trap of doing what other people want you to do. Really ask yourself, what do I want in this? Like, you know, and again, I think alone time is so important for that. You know, I love my boyfriend and I love my friends, but really spending days um, alone, whether it's a vacation or just at home or, you know, working, I feel like I have gotten to know myself so much better than I ever have. I grew up in a house of like all women. I have three sisters. And so there were so many influences, so many people trying to tell me what to wear and what to like, what to eat. And it's like, I really, I really believe um, in, in being alone sometimes to just really get to get to know what lights your fire, what's going to make your light inside you brighter so that it can shine for that camera or for that person that, you know, you want to attract. And it's like, be the light for yourself. Like I, I really look back at, you know, the person I used to be. And I thank her all the time for keeping me alive, for keeping me strong, for, you know, even, even when she maybe didn't make the best choices, I know she did it just to, to try to stay alive and to try to survive. And so I thank her for the sacrifices she made. And I try to make her proud. I I do so much of what I do for my toddler self, you know, like I have like really crazy style as a, as a toddler. And I had an older sister who used to always make fun of my clothes and, and kind of criticize me. And nowadays, like sometimes when I'm shopping, I'm like, four-year-old Nora would love these crazy pants. I'm going to buy them. I don't care what's trendy or what's cool. Like I'm buying this for four-year-old Nora because she didn't have the cash to buy these, these pants when she wanted them. Now I'm an adult. I can buy whatever I want for, for that little baby that lives within me. And yeah, again, like being playful, being childlike, I think is so important too. in my work is just like remembering what it's like to just explore and, and, you know, have fun, you know, climb a tree, uh, play in the grass. Um, I went to Big Sur recently with a bunch of friends or not a bunch of friends, it was two friends. And the way the the playfulness we all had, like, it was so beautiful to just like roll around in the sand and jump in the ocean and you know be dirty and be gritty and you know cook outside over an open fire and 
just be really raw and natural and you know it's like of course like everyone's like let's take pictures but just to like experience life outside of like the city and you know internet we had no internet it was just like no uh, no um reception I, I really like checked out for three days and I felt like <laughs> it was so beneficial oh yeah, I think my soul is craving that for sure. <laughs> do it. Go go camping. Go go have fun. Go do something you've never done. I love that. What a I think that's like a great way to end. I feel like you've been, you've given us so many <laughs> just bless you. <laughs> Did you see? No, no, I haven't I have an itch in my throat that suddenly Well, bless you anyway. <laughs> bless you for being here. Thank you so much for doing this and sharing all your wisdom and your journey and, you know, your, uh, the tools that you use to really hold on to and, and feel, find comfort from. It was just really beautiful to hear. And I think, especially for me right now, I was like, I almost cried like so many times. I was like, yes, yes, me too, girl. <laughs> or I needed that. Like, thank you. Thank you. And I end each podcast um, with a passing of the note from my previous guest. My previous guest was uh, Sophia Hazmik, who's also an actor. And um, it's a way for us women to stay connected and feel the love from one another. So she wanted to pass uh, this poem called Clarity and Connection by uh, Jung Pueblo. I think that's how you say his name. Uh -huh. Yeah. When in doubt, remember you have the power to say no the authenticity to be you, the patience to keep learning, the fortitude to continue trying, the courage to embrace change, the fearlessness to give selflessly, the wisdom to cultivate inner peace, the bravery to fulfill your aspirations, the openness that grows friendships, the awareness to follow your intuition, the intelligence to not repeat the past. That's beautiful. Thank you, Sophia. And thank you, Jody. Yes, this was such a pleasure. Um, before we sign off, can you tell everyone where they can find you on the social medias? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram, underscore Nora, underscore Dale. Um, and uh, IMDB. Um, I have a Twitter. I'm not much of a tweeter. I'm trying to get better at that. Again, finding your voice and really just using it. Um, yeah, no, it was such an honor. I'm I'm so honored that you asked me to be on your podcast. And we don't get to talk much. We're we've got our busy lives, but I'm so glad we've stayed in touch all these years. It's it's such a beautiful thing to witness your growth as as an actor and as a person. I met her when she first moved here and she was so sweet and innocent and not that you aren't still, but you had just crashed your car and it was like so traumatic for us. <laughs> I so did. I was like bawling my eyes out before a workshop and I was like, I just got yeah. in a car accident. Yeah. But you know, it's like those traumatic moments forge bonds and you know, I'm really, I'm really glad we've stayed in touch. Thank you so much for for having me same 
back at you, baby. I'm so grateful to know you and be inspired by you and for you to be a part of this. And let's grab another coffee soon because I'd love to see you in the flesh. (laughs) Absolutely. I would love that. Yes. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for your time. Of course, anytime. And feel better. I will. I'm, I'm on the mend. Trust me. Thank you so much for listening to Notes with Friends, hosted by me, Jody Moore Lewis. Please do not forget to like and subscribe. It helps boost the show in the charts. And I'd like to thank Dan Emilio, Robopop, for my music. For real this time, only two episodes left. So stay tuned next Friday for another inspiring chat. Until then, enjoy, live a rich life. Bye-bye.